This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Melanie Wise, and I am joined with Rachel Thomas, Brooke Keels. So glad you guys are here. Um, We are, Brooke, you want to say hi to everybody? (laughs) I just nod. (laughs) Nobody can see you nod. Just all know I'm here. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Brooke is glad you're all here too. Yep. Um, We are. In the very last episode of the series that we have been covering this month on the topic of shame, which can I just say that that means that we are at the end of November. Man, (laughs) how did this happen? Seriously. Oh, man. Man, it's insane. I'm sure everybody's feeling that with us, but I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Here we are. Yeah. Um, This happened. It's been crazy. So um, I have loved this series. I've loved being able to learn some of kind of what the book that we've kind of been basing this series on is a book um, called The Soul of Shame. And it's by mm-hmm. Dr. Kurt Thompson. And it's a book that I I've shared this already, but I've had this on my reading list for a really long time. <laughs> so I'm really excited that we're just pulling some good things from that. I know both of you guys have read it, you know, front to back. I still have not, but I've been learning a lot just from even kind of what oh, we've yeah. pulled um, out of that, yeah. you know, that book for this series. And so I'm really, really excited to be able to dive into it. And I know we kind of keep going back to that, like, okay, this is good. We're covering a little bit, but just go get the book. Just go buy the yeah. book. Um, I know you've said that a few <laughs> well, times. I mean, Brooke. always, yeah. always read the book. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So before we kind of jump into this last episode of this series, I'm interested to know from you guys. Any thoughts that you've just kind of had along the way on this little journey that we've been going on this month? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, of course, anytime you, you know, read something or get into a topic, you just kind of see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I think has been the most incredible part of this has been when I hear people talking about shame or how they're functioning out of shame, you know, and just recognizing it in a new way. I mean, there's a piece of that that we do at Mercy all of the time. And so I'll be Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're functioning out of shame. Mm -hmm. But this is actually a tool to help people understand what that means, how it affects them physically, Um, you know, just kind of it really allows people to kind of have a paradigm shift and and put some language around what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's just I mean, it's just been very very helpful and anytime look i mean we always talk about that like you have resources to point people back to Mm -hmm. it's not just the wisdom in your own head or life experience you know and for those of us that like to have an answer for everything it's just been incredibly um helpful and of course Mm -hmm. i mean i see it everywhere so i've just basically been like you should go read this book yeah and let's talk about it you know yeah yeah no i'm gonna piggyback off that a little bit what you said about just putting language to what it is that you're feeling and experiencing. And I think things that were going through my mind that I assumed were, you know, my like burden to bear that, oh, yeah. I'm just this awful or I am mm. a failure in this area. Those stories, like we were talking about, they've become such a part of my everyday thought life that I didn't even realize that I was making them up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's been super helpful. And especially when it comes to other people. And those experiences of going, they don't like me or they hate me going, wait a minute, 
pause for a second, is, do you know that? Why do you know that? Mm. And instead mm-hmm. of assuming and making up that story in your mind, and then it just grows and grows and grows, stopping and going, wait a second, am I basing it off this one experience? Have I gone to them to actually like verify this? Or is yeah. this me, yeah. or my feelings and emotions, like creating this narrative yeah. in my head? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I didn't even take it personally for myself, but yeah, I mean, that's what's so it's it's been it's just so helpful to take that deeper of just like oh wait I know what this is yeah uh-huh. so let's stop that that's stop it stop doing that that's now it. you know I mean yeah. all joking aside but really like you're just kind of like oh I can actually shift mm-hmm. what's yes. happening I can stop this cycle I can intervene in a different way think about this differently yes you know consider other options and yes. it just has been I don't know just a lot easier yeah kind of, it's like what we talk about yeah. here at mercy the like a new level of freedom i know that mm-hmm. sounds silly but yeah he wants to take you there and just yeah. when you think oh I've, i'm the freest i'll ever get and he's like i got more <laughs> yeah. i got more uh, <laughs> and i mean it just goes sorry. So, no that just brought up lots of lots never of, thought that <laughs> oh no i've definitely thought that at least every day i think <laughs> this is as good right, as it gets this is guys. it guys kills everyone this is it i love it this is the peak <laughs> The epitome, peak of freedom, of freedom. Yeah, and then I, and then I go home. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband's like, "Let's talk about some things." Oh, yeah, anyway. but I just feel I like with what y'all are saying, I mean, uh, it just goes back so much to taking the time to think about what you're thinking yes. about, and it takes so much work. And I know that we unpacked this. I can't remember which episode we talked about this on, but like it's just you know our brains are lazy and they just want to like go to the same place they've always gone they're not lazy they're just trying to be efficient okay that's right i'm sorry in my mind efficient yes and so if you keep as you talk about an empower if you keep blazing the trail your brain's like cool that's the way you want to go i'm I'm here with you so and to actually stop and think about what you're thinking about is yeah man is work yes Mm -hmm. it takes work and it takes intentionality but like you said that's when you can start to say, wait, where is this message coming from? Yes. And man, I just feel like if we were really able to like actually deconstruct all of our thoughts over the course of a week, oh my gosh. how much shame yes. is speaking to us throughout our week, I feel like we would all be yes. floored. Yes. No, so. and too, well, and I was just thinking about when you were saying lazy, actually with that kind of communicating my mind, I was thinking, I think our thoughts, or I think our thoughts, I think our brain sometimes feels like maybe it's safer to keep blazing that trail mm-hmm. because I, I know as twisted as this sounds, me continuing to tell myself over and over, like you never amount to anything. You're whatever it is that's in my mind. Like it's comfortable. Keep, it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable. And if I have to think the opposite, like you said, mm-hmm. that work, mm-hmm. that means I'm going to have to make choices and do things that are hard or uncomfortable, mm-hmm. or I might know the not know the outcome. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking, like, yeah, it's it's more safe to continue thinking what I've always thought. Mm-hmm. I know where that trail leads. Mm-hmm. The same place it always leads yep, to. More safe and more miserable. <laughs> more miserable. Yes. So, yes. so right. worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Let's not do anything yeah. different. Yeah. Let's just keep doing that. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm really excited, kind of, about where we're wrapping up this series this week because um, we're going to talk about redeeming shame within our nurturing communities yeah. keyword nurturing <laughs> communities I um, say that. yeah yeah, yeah. so, so I, you know i just think um as is always the case our goal is always 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 to point people to practical mm-hmm. steps okay so you guys have shared all this stuff what am i supposed to do now with this um and and so we want to really hit on some things that we think are practices that can help you 
to listen and tune your ear more mm-hmm. into the story that yeah. God is speaking over you and God is speaking over your life instead of the one that shame yeah. is telling you. Yeah. You know, the um, I don't know if I said this, but the subtitle of his of Kurt Thompson's book is retelling the stories we believe about ourselves. And yeah. so much so much that we've covered in this series is about stories and the mm-hmm. stories that we uh, listen to and that we believe and that we tell. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we're going to really kind of focus in on today is family and community. Mm. And we shared some about this last week, just about how the weapon to shame is vulnerability and how bringing things out, bringing things into the light, bringing ourselves, our stories, our weaknesses, our failures out of hiding um, and into a place of actually being known and loved. That's, that's what like kicks shame in the backside, you know? And so, um, it can be really easy for us to be like, yeah, I'm going to be vulnerable and write all of my in, internal things on a piece of paper and put it in my journal and then lock the journal. And that's where I'm going to be vulnerable is with me and my journal. You know, it's a completely different thing to talk about vulnerability within community with other human beings, much less our families. Oh um, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, this is so timely Just, on Thanksgiving. Oh gosh! Oh man! But you know, one of the things that he talks about in here is just that there is something that is so healing that happens when we can make sense of our own stories with the people that we are closest to, mm. um, especially the people who maybe that we've had some of our very first experiences of joy and shame with. Um, and so I, I thought this was really interesting that in the book, and especially you know, everything I think about these days is now within the context of having a kid of my own. Um, And so this quote, like really to me is very powerful. He said that, um, you know, we can move our children towards resilience against shame Mm. by sharing with them when appropriate. Mm -hmm. Very (laughs) important. Sharing with them when (laughs) appropriate some of our own stories and invite them to tell us their stories Mm. Um, because that builds a platform of of openness and confidence in relationship rather than a certainty and always being right. And so when we share our vulnerabilities with our kids, we send them this message um, that they are not alone and their weaknesses. Um, and so there's something really, really, really powerful, um, about being vulnerable and sharing our stories with our own families, but also with our kids and inviting them to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So I'm going to bring up your favorite book right now. Yes. Yeah. So, I thought you would. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Yeah. So, um, there's a, a book called, uh, whole brain. Child. Yeah. Whole brain child. I can't, I almost can't remember if it's the, or just I whole, think it's just whole, whole brain child. So. Yeah, by Dan Siegel, and anything he's written is Y'all, incredible. It's yeah, so. But whole brain good. child is probably one of the best books ever. Not just for parenting, but just if you work with, I think, frankly, difficult people. Wow. Um, or married. I'm pretty sure I texted uh-huh. Brooke one day while I was <laughs> reading it, and I was yeah. like, "This is helping me understand adults so much better." Wow. Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, no, that's what it's written for." Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Like, it's not just for kids. Yeah. So if you, I mean, we train our staff, you know, in this and just dealing with you know because levels of trauma can keep the brain at certain places anyway but it's so good and practical and useful and and that's one of the things it talks about as well is that you know uh you children work through 
events in their lives, mm-hmm. potentially traumatic events or just tough events mm-hmm. by telling their stories, like right? A fall. And, yeah. A toddler fall. Yeah, we just talked yeah. about so what happened, like what happened before and mm-hmm. what that does is it actually exercises the brain. And so that's part of what he's talking about here, right? He says so when we share our own vulnerabilities, it sends this message to their brain, right? Yeah. You're you're more made to attach and mm-hmm. um, to tell stories and it's not it keeps them from being in, entrenched in whatever they decided happened. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, how many times and, and again, I've gotten in trouble by my son for talking about him. <laughs> but I'm his parent, so Maybe I can do whatever I want. Yeah, so a, a hypothetical son, if- Eight-year-old son. Yeah. 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 With red hair. No, <laughs> I know. He was like, don't, you should don't talk about me. I was like, no, I'm going to do what I want. And so, um, <laughs> so that's how that goes. And uh, no, I'm just kidding, but he won't mind this. But, you know, if, if he, you know, gets in an altercation verbally, right, mm-hmm. at school or just something and he'll, you know, and he'll come home and be like this, this, and this. I'll be like, so what happened before that? Like, we kind of talk it through, mm-hmm. you know, and then we talk about, so what part was yours to own mm-hmm. and what part was theirs to own? You know, and what that has done and I've seen is it keeps him from being like that person is bad. They Mm -hmm. are always mean. Mm -hmm. I don't like them Mm -hmm. instead of being like, oh, so it wasn't okay that they did that. But it also wasn't okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I did, you know, what I did. And so if that makes sense, but in the same time, there's been times when he's had a really tough time at school and I've just said like. Hey, bud, like there were times I had tough mm-hmm. times. He'll be like, really? You know, because oh, your yeah. kids think that mm-hmm. you've struggled with nothing yeah, ever. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> they don't, you know. And so I use personal examples, but honestly, because I read these things and then try mm-hmm. and just <laughs> implement them in my yes. own life. Um, and another book is uh, the Danny Silk, Loving Your Kids on Purpose, yeah. which is just an incredible yes. book that talks about, again, relationship. You know, and so what he's really uh, trying to say here is that the confidence in life comes out of the relationship, Mm, right? Not out of the event or, um, you know, we've got to get this right. I need to know, no, you said this and I said this and it did this. And, you know, kind of the the logical structure of this is how you Mm -hmm. screwed me over, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly. I mean, that's generally what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. This is how you messed me up. This is Mm -hmm. how you did X, Y, and Z, you know. Mm -hmm. Now that's easier said than done, Um, you know. (laughs) So hard. But but when you practice it with your kids or with other people or just maybe it's just people in your life that you mentor, like things like that, it helps you start doing it. Yeah. With yourself, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about, look, man, my mom is the greatest person of all time. I get so mad at her mm-hmm. for just super dumb things. But it's things that I've blamed her for or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And she's an incredible person. And mm-hmm. so there's times that I'm like, if I'm mad at her, it's 100% me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to really evaluate yeah. this, yeah. you know. 100%. 100% not her fault, probably. And so, anyway, but but I just love how, like, he pulls that into. It's about relationship and relationship mm-hmm. is what heals. We talk yeah. about that in Empower. You know, relationship with the Lord, relationship with others. But this level of vulnerability, you know, you always being okay is not what's actually Mm -hmm. safe, if that makes sense. So. (laughs) 
Hey everyone, we wanted to take just a quick second to tell you about our upcoming new series for Christmas. And we're so excited because rather than just read through the Christmas story, what we really want to do is focus on the Father's heart as seen in the Christmas story. And so we've got a couple surprises for you. We've got a brand new outreach team member who's going to be joining us. It's going to be a great time looking at what God has done, what He's going to do, and who He is. So join us this December for our new series, The Father's Heart at Christmas. I love what you're talking about, this relationship. And I think we've said this at Empower too, that, you know, how you interact with a person is what they're going to remember mm-hmm. versus like mm-hmm. all the awesome the content content yeah. that you're getting them and I have a personal story I'd like to share of <laughs> confession during this time because it reminds me what Brooke was talking about with her kids so with my son um, he's just a little bit younger than yours and so he how, actually, how old is he? So he's seven. He's seven, okay. He's seven. So he actually does not like to talk much about school when he gets, like right when I pick him up. He's actually pretty quiet, but when I lay him down at night, that's when he becomes this floodgate of uh-huh. conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that when is, it's time to go to sleep. And that is like when I have reached my brink of like, sweet Lord, we're almost there. Hallelujah. Oh, I can taste freedom, freedom, freedom. And so I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like consolidate. And it's like 10 more minutes of mommy. Can I tell you one more thing? And so oh, this happens buddy. quite often. Exactly. But one, oh a couple yep. weeks ago, there was one night where I, it was painful that I, obvious that I was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I finally just said, Camden, you're disobeying me. I said, this was the last thing and you need to, you know, I was I was not kind and he got real quiet and he got back in bed and I walked up the stairs and immediately I knew like I knew I had I didn't do the right thing Mm. and so I just felt Holy Spirit say Rachel you need to go back down there and you just need to tell him that you're sorry for for not listening to him and I was like well no I'm the parent like he needs to obey me I told him he needed to go to bed he was disobeying me and if I tell him that I'm sorry then will he think that you know I'm not the parent, you know, the authority or whatever. Right, right, yeah. Just felt like, no, Rachel, you need to go down and you just need to tell him that you're sorry. And and I knew he was probably was asleep by this time and then I was going to re-wake him up and re-stir everything all over and he was going to talk more. Okay. So I walked down and I just said, hey, Camden, I I just want to tell you that I'm really sorry I didn't listen to you and that was wrong and I would you forgive me or something like that, I remember. And um, he was like, mom, it's okay, I still love you. <laughs> which, which, that sounds silly, but in that moment, what was funny is I thought the apology was going to make me feel seem like less of a parent. I was going to be giving, quote-unquote, yeah. power away, or yeah. you know, he was going to think he could take advantage of me, whatever. But really what it did was it created this space where we, we came together and we bonded. Mm. And I have been more convicted about apologizing to my kids than I think ever in my life because... That one single practice of saying I'm sorry has has brought more fruit mm. than what I've initially thought. And I feel like we've come out of kind of a generation where, like, you never apologize to your kids. We're like, you're the authority. You don't say anything. You know, obey. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And and I'm speaking from my own experience, too, because I my mom has said, you know, like, we never we were always taught, like, don't apologize to your kids. Like, you're the authority. But in the last couple of years, that has been even healing to our relationship that mm. she's come back and say, yeah, I was wrong about that. And so just those moments of vulnerability mm-hmm. are, are everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Well, everything. I mean, a lot of times we expect our kids to apologize when oh, we haven't word. taught them how to do yes. it. You know? Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot. But look, I'm telling you, just as a side note, for any parents out there, 
when they want to talk, even when they're pushing bedtime. Jesus, help me. Let them know. But you can always do this for what it's worth. Yeah, please tell. (laughs) When you have one, yeah, because Liam's like, my day was great. And then we lay him down for bed and he's like, so here's the 4,000 things that happened at school today (laughs) in complete detail. Because by the way, he knows everything that happened and thinks about it. Um, But you had to be like, oh my gosh, that is so fascinating. I do want to tell you why Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, but it's going to have to wait till tomorrow. So when you ask me as soon as you get home, we can talk about it then. (laughs) So that has been, yeah, because that's when he'll be like, so can we talk about why they didn't make it very far into the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. All those things, you know, (laughs) but also I've learned, yeah, you know, when also when he wants to, you know, when they want to talk about things like Zelda or Link or whatever and Mario and all the things that, yeah. yeah, And he, mm -hmm, yeah. And he's like, do you want to hear all about Luigi's mansion and I'm like yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just tell me everything but I'm telling you the kid tells us if something weird happens he tells us if at there's bedtime, right well no or it's the, gotten better it's to gotten where better. it's okay. just yeah at appropriate times good, yeah so you can still have the boundaries without okay. being a jerk about it right that's, that's what parenting is yes. how do I have boundaries without being a jerk about it yeah. and sometimes I'm going to be a jerk about it and then I'm going to apologize and they'll be fine yes. they're yeah. jerks too though yeah, don't right. forget yeah. that no, it's, that's yeah. your parenting moment from Brooke and Rachel I'm taking it all there you go but But i I truly like as a side commercial this is not what we're covering but seriously can we please just go ahead and reiterate every parent of a young child please go get that book please go get whole brain child because what i still say everybody just read the book yeah that's true everybody you're gonna know somebody but like i what i'm learning is that every single inclination i would have in a circumstance Uh is wrong yeah it's all wrong (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's just okay. wrong. I definitely need to buy this book. <laughs> no, I'm like, wait, sure. but I they have like cartoons throughout the book of mm-hmm. like, here's what not to do and yeah. here's what to do. And I'm like, literally every inclination I would have is all of the things not, not to, do. to do. It's right. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's making me nervous. So yeah, no, it, it, but it's just fascinating and so good. So yeah. All right. Anyway, on with the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, Sorry, guys. Yep. Confession time is over. Um, but so the fun fact, vulnerability actually applies to our extended communities as mm-hmm. well. For everyone who's like, I'm not a parent. I don't want to hear about this yeah, anymore. Right. Yeah, Please move on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't turn it off. Um, you know, but I mean, we can see the importance that vulnerability has in every relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, authentic listening, how that fosters someone being known, loved, seen and heard. How do we listen authentically? Yeah. Paying attention to whether or not we are doing that. Um you know, and this is easier said than done because, unfortunately, the church is usually the place that we don't want to be vulnerable. Right. Which mm. I still still trying to wrap my head around that one. Mm. But you know, and I think there's a lot of, um, if we could say, generational patterns of religion that I think that this generation is trying to break. You know, mm. we can criticize all we want um, this generation, but they're they're absolute desire for authenticity mm-hmm. is requiring us to shift from, you know, laser lights and yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, not the, Hey, and I'm down, you do the laser lights, but <laughs> the authenticity of how are you connecting with yeah. them? Are they building community? Um, and you know, a book that I hope we do at some point talks about, you know, if you want to know why people aren't in the church, it's because everywhere else does community better. Yeah. yeah. And that's a problem. Yes. Like we should be really good at it right and so anyway so when it comes into like shame like how many people want to come to church and then open up 
their junk and be mm-hmm. like, here it is, yeah. you know, let yeah. me be vulnerable with you. Yes. Um, and, and the thing is, though, that that shame likes to spin the tail that if we reveal ourselves to others that we'll only experience more shame mm-hmm. and more rejection. Yeah. So that cycle continues. And so it really, you know, shouldn't surprise us that we're constantly bombarded with stories of people who burn out, who leave their families, who choose to end their lives. Um, you know, we were never meant to thrive under the weight um, of shame mm-hmm. that secrecy carries. And just to circle back, remember, shame, rec- you know, pulls you inward. Yeah. You know, and um, and I'll tell just, I mean, even though, even at not this dramatic level, um, there's someone in my husband's family that talked about who is just the kindest, most loving person, but grew up in a really... Um, uh, very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Legalistic mm, church, yeah. okay. So she has not gone back to church for 20 years for fear that because she hasn't gone to church, everyone there would judge her mm-hmm. because yeah. that was kind of the thing. If you don't go, yeah, obviously you don't go to heaven. Right. Clearly, it's in the Bible. Um, yeah, I mean it's not in the Bible. No, it's, it's not, just it's not, it's not in the Bible. Just just like, yeah, I know. No. Just kidding. Sorry. That was. Don't take that to the bank. Yeah. (laughs) But so, you know, you have this person who has been devoid of community Mm -hmm. and because of this fear that, gosh, if people knew that I haven't been, you know, and it's literally the epitome of what shame does. Yeah. And she is like literally just the most loving person and has kept her from being in relationship with all these people. And guys, she hears from the Lord so clearly. She's such a blessing to others, but just would not go walk through the doors because Mm. what if they all knew I haven't Mm, been in 20 years? And so we go, hey, nobody cares. Yeah. go to church yeah. you know and so you know the, yeah. and, and other people came yeah. around her and were like nobody cares let's go yeah. but because of that and so now she's really just thriving yes. frankly towards the end of her life mm, wow. she's missed out on all this community wow. you know because of that and of course mm. the church has to be a safe place for that as well yeah. but that's what it does right it keeps us isolated yeah. so yeah, man. well and this is this is making me think actually of a conversation that I recently had with one of the pastors at um, our church here in Nashville and, you know, he was just talking about like, I really, really, you know, <laughs> it, it, it was kind of a, um, I don't know, a recent wake up call. I think that he's experienced of like, okay, all of the stories of like breakthrough and like life changing, you know, testimonies, they're all coming through two places in our church, the recovery ministry and the youth ministry. So he's like, he was talking about this, like, so are the rest of us just all good? Like, we're all okay? And I was like, no, we're not all good. You know, I mean, he was, he knew that, like, he was just saying, like, it's just hitting me that, like. Why is, yeah. And so, you know, it just got us talking about this very thing. And I shared this with him. It wasn't like, oh, I'd never thought about this before. But I just, I think it makes sense to bring it up in this conversation that especially within the church, it starts from the top down. Yep. Like until the people who are on the stage in front of everyone every Sunday morning are vulnerable and raw and real, mm-hmm. there's no way in the world you're going to build a culture of that in your church. Yeah. I can think through different, just even Sunday morning services that I have been in and Mm. the way that the people from the front talk and present themselves tells me everything I need to know about the culture of that church. And so, you know, you know, whenever you've been in and you're like, well, that person up there in front of everyone is, is so real and honest and vulnerable. 
that 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 that's what they're all about and the, and yeah. and truly like that's what sets the tone yeah. so it sets the tone for the culture and and I don't know that like this just is I mean this isn't just for churches either I mean goodness you know we did a leadership podcast series mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know how long ago this was but we just talked about how if you influence another person's life you are in some form of leadership leader. position. Right. So it's it's with either in your home or your friends or within your workplace or whatever it might be, especially within the church, you know, um, you can help set the tone for the culture of your your family, your friend group, whatever it might be. I am amazed sometimes when I'm with a group of people, whether it's a small group or sometimes if I'm just out with some of my girlfriends at a meal, it takes somebody going first and yes. then all of a sudden the floodgates That's open. Good. If someone is like, okay, I'm going to be honest with you guys about where I am right now or what's going on in my life, then everyone's like, oh, that's what we do here. Okay, then I'm all on board. I mean, not everybody's always on board with that. But um, it really does so often just take either someone at the top or just someone going first and saying, like, I'm going to set the tone for this. Whether it's I'm going to set the tone for this meal or this hang time together or this entire family or this entire church, um, I'm going to be the one as the leader to go first yeah, it, it, and it's required. Otherwise your culture is never going to get there. So good. I love what you said too. Like, Oh, that's what we do here. Okay. Got, you know, it's yeah. like, this is a safe place. Yeah. This is a place where I can be, um, honest about what's really going on Yeah, and not, and not hiding it. Man, that's so good. It reminds me of this other, um, section of the book where he talks about another practical way to be vulnerable is by encouraging the practice of learning as a declaration of vulnerability. And I thought that was so good because a lot of times in our communities, um, let's just be honest, like nobody likes to pretend that they don't have it all figured out or that they don't have um, the answers. And so saying, I don't know, or I need help Mm -hmm. is seen as incompetent moments of weakness. And, and I get that there's different circumstances around those questions and positions and, and leadership and all of that. But Honestly, like I think about the times in my life where I've asked someone a question and they've gone, you know what? I don't know. Let me go Mm. find out versus somebody else. And they're like, oh, let me make it up on the spot right now. And it's not, you know, I mean, just I've done that. Like, you know, it was just it was very easy to see how just simply saying, um, yeah, actually, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. And I need help um, can set the tone, like you said, for and even for a healthy environment to learn. I mean, you think about teachers where it was unsafe to like ask an honest question, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're like, hey, um, I don't understand this, you know, where there was that kind of that foundation laid of, well, let's let's be curious together. Like, let's find out versus, well, why don't you know this by now kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I don't know that I was thinking about, uh, just some experiences in college. I'm okay. All right. I'm healed now, but I was thinking about some specific examples in my life. Um, but anyways, it just, it was, it was exciting also because I thought, man, like what a practical way to like be vulnerable with somebody else is to stay curious, to ask questions and to keep learning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, I think when people have to have an answer for something that comes out of a place of insecurity and that's just never going to end well. Mm -hmm. And I understand why the church historically has done that because we're like, if we don't have an answer, this person is not going to be saved. 
right? Which means you put the responsibility of their salvation on your shoulders instead of saying, I don't know, go talk to the Lord about it. I'll go talk to the Lord about it. Let's come back and see what we come up with. You know, instead of functioning out of a place of rest and knowing that the Lord can show up for them and you don't have to carry all of the answers. And and he and Dr. Thompson talks about this and it's the concept of intentionally um, honoring a person's efforts rather than only praising their accomplishments. Mm. And so if you think about it this way, um, I think the simplest thing, and, and I will quit using my kid at some point as an example, but I got a smart kid, right? So, but if I keep telling him he's smart and he's making D's, it doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. right? What we care about is because I got, you can have a 130 IQ, a 150 IQ, a 100 IQ, you know, whatever range you want. And if you have n- put no effort mm-hmm. <laughs> into any of those things and it doesn't matter yeah. right mm-hmm. so it's shifting the language to I'm so I'm really impressed with how hard you've tried like we've had to shift our language you know it's not you can figure this out because you're smart because if it's tough for him then his narrative the shame that can come in is yeah. but I, I guess I'm not smart wow. yeah. Yeah. instead of like good job working hard at that good job you know or whatever yeah. but when we and again I mean I know we always say this everybody just get used to it at Empower um, <laughs> we talk about this but it's also just you know praising somebody for the vulnerability and the courage to come and talk to you. That's right. Like, gosh, that's such a good question. Thank you for being curious. Thank mm-hmm. you for bringing that to the table when other people might not have felt, you know, as brave, like, or as, right. you know, to do that mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is. And, and praising the efforts of that per, a person puts in a relationship, you know, because sometimes you can't, for example, meet up with somebody all of the time. But if they keep pursuing a relationship with you, you know, thanks for your patience with me mm-hmm. as, yeah. as, you know, and we're going to get together. Like there's kind of seeing people's actions other than just the end result. Yeah. Um, and it, what it does is really it frees us up to be more honest with one another and in a greater sense sense of empathy you know so if somebody's always trying to hang out with me i'm just you know that doesn't happen i'm just throwing that out there nobody's like can't wait to hang out with brooke um but (laughs) theoretically if they did you know and i was like oh my gosh like instead of being annoyed that i can never meet with them just being like thank you for being patient with me thank you like we're gonna make this happen i'm gonna get it on the books but like really the the grace that somebody has to have for you know a a mom who works and those kinds Mm -hmm. of things is a lot and so you have a greater empathy and appreciation for them as a person Mm -hmm. I don't know I mean I know that seems really simple but I I don't I think the simple stuff is kind of what connects Mm -hmm. us the quickest so yeah yeah. well okay so speaking of something simple okay challenge for the listeners uh to just kind of take what we've talked about today and put it to some sort of practical use in your life um we want to encourage you to ask the Lord um, if there's someone within your community, whether that's your church community, uh, maybe a small group that you're a part of, your friend group, maybe even in your family, that could be encouraged by your own vulnerability and sharing some of your story um, or in hearing some of theirs. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's literally someone that's coming to mind right now for me. I'm like, I, you know, I know some of kind of like what they're going through and I feel like I could just really encourage them by sharing some, uh, uh, don't get me started on, not from a place of like, I get what you're going through. I totally understand. Right, right, right. Not Definitely that, not, not that. From yeah. a place of more like, <laughs> 
just that connection point and you're yeah. not alone. Yes. Um, and you know what? Like I've had my moments of darkness and my moments of weakness in walking a similar journey and it's okay. And I'm with yeah, you and I'm okay. connecting with you on that. Um, and then to invite them to share some of theirs with yours, not, not to go in with the intentionality of like, I'm going to get them to be vulnerable with me. Right. That's not the point. <laughs> It's more about you setting the tone. And maybe it's not one person. Maybe you're like, no, this is a group of people I'm with and we we need to start getting more real with each other and just yeah. honest with each other about life. So I'm going to go first. Not alone and that it's open. Yeah. We could. We don't have to. Yeah. But we could talk about stuff. Yes. If we wanted to. Yes. I love that. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So consider that, whether it's just an individual that you think the Lord is leading you to connect with, or maybe it's an entire group, or maybe you're like, you know what, my family, Mm. this is an area of growth for my family, and I'm going to go first, and I'm going to start trying to set the tone and the culture of, you know, us going forward. Yeah, yeah. Just got chills. (laughs) I'm going to go first. (laughs) Put that on a t-shirt. Seriously. Um, So yeah, it's a takeaway. Oh, that's so, so good. Oh, I love it. Um, Well, this has been such... A good ride. I, 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 you know, I know <laughs> for for some this may have felt at moments like, where are we going? This feels complicated. This feels like science words. What's happening? But our desire was really that you would hear this and that you would understand, like Mel and Brooke have both said, that renewing the mind is not this abstract concept out in the universe, that it's actually something that the Lord intended for us to be able to do. Um, um, and also that shame is not this abstract idea in the universe, that it is a, a direct attempt of the enemy to undermine um, what God is doing. But thanks be to God, because he's greater and stronger, and um, he loved us so much that he sent his son. And so just to close out this series, we thought it would be great to read a verse that has been really pivotal Pivotable. Wow. I just made it's one that. of our big science words. Pivotable. <laughs> yeah, just take it. Oh my gosh. It. Lord help me. <laughs> oh, this coffee isn't so- I have tea, that's why. Um That's right. That was your fault. That was my fault. responsibility. It is. I will, I will own it. Oh my gosh. As, as anyways, a verse that has been very instrumental in this I don't even know what word I was trying to use before. So I'm gonna go with instrumental in this whole process, and that is in Hebrews, and it's Hebrews twelve and it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Best part here. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. We hope you enjoyed this series and we look forward to starting a new one in the Christmas season with you as we go into December. We'll see you next time. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.